It says, Vayikisovei al-Oretz, so the Sifri says, and the Pasek Nesuch al-Lachlo v'Rishto v'Yashavtabo, that I want to give you a mitzvah that you're going to inherit the land so you'll be able to stay there. Now, what is this mitzvah? Why is this mitzvah bigger than any other mitzvah, B'Yisoretz? And we'll show maybe Pastor B'Yir listen, but it's brought down over here. I would think that it says that uh, this, this mitzvah shows us that we're guests of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's not that we own the land. We don't own anything. It says, the Sifri says that the Benishim wanted to give us a mitzvah, and that's chus of this mitzvah, we'll inherit the land and be able to stay there. What is this mitzvah? And the Bikurim different, or supposedly shows us different uh, than any other mitzvah. Basically, uh, I remember if you go into stores, uh, I don't know if they still do it, because probably have to hang up credit cards now. Once upon a time, they would hang up a dollar in some place, or even $20. Now, this is the first dollar I made, it's the first $20 I made. In other words, the first fruits of a person's labor is value to the person who put in the labor. Is it as good as the later fruits? Is the service as good as it was when you started the building a business to when you're 20 years in the business? Of course not. When you started, you don't know at it, you don't know what to do a lot of times. And when you eat fruit that's not ripe or or it's just the first the first fruit of the season, somehow it doesn't have that sweet taste that you have to wait a little bit more into the season. So what value is the Bikurim? All of us, to the person who owns the land, it's valuable. It's only Point to me, it tastes terrific. Just like it says, means if a person grows his own grain and he grinds it and he makes flour, it makes it into flour and then he bakes it, that bread is something out of the ordinary. It says that we who buy bread from the baker have never tasted the taste of true bread in our lives. Exactly what that means, I have no idea, but uh, because I never had the, the, the privilege of uh, eating bread that I that I made, but uh, as I'm saying, you, you see this Indian that somehow what you produce yourself has a sweeter taste to you, so that taste of that fruit will probably be very good. But the Rebbeinu wants you to say you're not the owner. It goes to the true owner, and the true owner is the Rebbeinu and the stuff I give to the Rabbeinu I got to give to the Kayanim. So therefore, I bring it to the Kayanim. That's the thing. Now, in this goes to now, once we understand that the land is not ours, we can understand all the other mitzvahs that go along with the land. There's a mitzvah of uh, Shikha. Now, and this is the Mitzvah. Uh, Somebody uh, standing by the side of his field sees one of his workers forget a bale of, of grain. If, so if he's standing by the side of the field, it's his. If he isn't standing by the side of the field, then it's not his, it's forgotten. 
So it means, what, what do we learn from there? That a person, by standing by the side of the field, can make a Kenyan on his field because he can make sure that if the land is his, so something on his property is good, and he's guarding it, that he can that he, that make sure that no one else touches it. So then it can be kind of, if he's not there to guard it, it's not kind of. Uh, the question becomes though, why do I have to be kind of something that's my own stuff? Through my field, it's mine. If I forget it, then it has it in that it's forgotten. But I didn't forget it. I never knew about it until because the workers just forgot about it. It had nothing to do with the owner. The owner didn't forget about it. He had his cheshman. There should be so many bundles from that area and so on, whatever it is. And therefore, he didn't forget it. So why is it that he has to make a Kenyan? So you see that the paths, the, what, what the rights that you have to your field, your own field, is only the right to take first. If you don't take first, then it goes becomes the poor people. Now, the second did because they're the second ways to take. Now, we have the same din, the Gemara Blat before that talks about Daladamis, the Sodishochavere Ligabi Peya. In other words, the poor people are there, they want to keep Peya, and they. But that's because it makes it my 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 province. That's my area. That's my my resource. But I'm in somebody else's field. What what rights have to in somebody else's field? So why would I have Dalaramas there? But it's a So you see that the concept is I don't own the land. What is it? I live here by virtue of God's gift. To, my, to me, my family, Yerusha, my great, 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 great grandfather who had it and whatever it is there. Now, the interesting thing, how did they all live in El Tisol at that time? The Chalukah took place in the time of Yeshua. Right? That portion didn't get any bigger. Right? This is my portion. Meanwhile, it depends how much arichas yomim I have. But let's say if I'm a chiyashaloni, if I'm a yitzim etzrayim, and I'm still alive 500 years later, I would assume he had about 30, 40 dollars under him. And where are all these people living? I don't know if they're all alive, but assuming where would they all be living? On this little piece of property that he had when, when Yeshua gave it to him. And this promise, how they lived there? So mashma that the way was always a, a way of communal living. I guess you would call it being in a hotel the whole time. You had your own room, that was the bedroom. And you ate probably the, uh, the food in the, in the main dining room. And uh, you had a communal, uh, I guess, uh, place to, to relax. There's a communal study, whatever it is, in the house. And they just keep adding people. And what the proper, and, and Baruch Hashem, the Ibanishim gave a bracha that the land was able to produce so much to support everybody. And we have that even Psochim, even the time of Ashlokish, they were still producing a half of wine, was able to produce enough wine for a person to be able to live on for a year. So that's a tremendous amount of uh, bracha that existed in the land, and that that's what it was still the same piece of land, and we're all there. 
but it's not ours. We're only guests at the place. To give you a picture on that, in Hashem, we're all hoping to be a Lavego. Still time for Sukkot. <coughs> The Machlekes, <coughs> well, I guess we'll find out what the din is. If Yerushalayim was Nitnan with Shvatim, Nishalik with Shvatim. In other words, does it belong to Yehuda and Benyamin or not? Now, with the, the Yerushalayim belongs to everybody. <coughs> so, the, on, <coughs> the, on the idea that it belongs to everybody, what does it mean? that I have a beautiful apartment. I just built, built an apartment in Yerushalayim cost me four or five million dollars. And uh, it's fantastic, it's a nice size, this thing here. Comes out the regal, people can march right into my apartment, lay down on the floor. I guess I can charge them for using the bed if they use the bed, but they can lie down on the floor and sleep there. And they're protected from the outside and whatever it's warm. And I can't even charge them anything. And what they give me is the uh, schar, is the skins that they make from the oilers, they give me that, that, that skin. In other words, so there's at least some kind of a profit from, uh, from living in Yerushalayim. But basically, you, you get nothing. It is not yours. I, I built it. It's not yours. Everyone has a right to use it. So that's the uh, point as far as that goes. Um, now it says, I shall show myself the Rishon here. So then, Uvasel Akain, I go. Yeah, it says like you take the uh, all the fruit from the land that God gave you, right? There's a there's a Gemara in Yerushalmi. The Mishnah says you don't bring Bikurim from Eivayadi. So the question is why? So one tablet is because it says it's all such a and Ruven and God took it by themselves. What do you mean they took it by themselves? They put cloud the Shalim if you want, Yisrael, the leadership, Moshe Rabbeinu, in a hole. They, they, they asked them for, for land per mole. And they not only asked them, they asked them and re-asked them. And re-asked them. So in other words, they tried to emphasize, we want this land, we want this land. And that's called taking it. Because when you, when you put such a demand, it's impossible for the person to turn you down. And a person that has a real bush, you can't turn you down. So if you're taking stuff, then it's, what do you call it, uh, enough for the bailin. Uh, so then you're a gazel, you're a gazelle. If on the other hand, either person gave it to him, yeah, but you forced him, you put him into a position that he had to give it to you. It, was not, it wasn't a choice, he had to give it to you. And the same thing is, as the Rebbe tells Moshe by Yishanan, to keep quiet, why? because you're putting me into a position that I must give it to you. And that is not what I want to do. Uh, but the Rebbe was able to tell the Torah, just So if that's the answer, 
So then only Reuven and God can bring Bikurim, but Chotzi Shevet Menashe, which is Eretz Oy, which is Eretz Sofoyim, which was from the original Chalukas Oretz that had to come, so they, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, that they bring from them. On the other hand, the other tell says they don't bring from Revayadim because it's not an Eretz Zobas Cholavadrosh. In that case, even uh, Eretz Oig was an Eretz Zobas Then it says, Rami Yevid Vayavi, we start all the way from the beginning. Rami Yevid Ravi Vayeld Mitzrayim. If you make the Cheshbainis of the years between Rami Yevid Ravi until they went down to Mitzrayim, I think it's about 38 years or something like that. So, what, why was this a result of Rami Yevid Ravi? When it had nothing to do with the other, you were. You were by Lovan, you came home, you went to Yitzchok. Uh, ultimately, you had to go to Mitzrayim. And uh, what does it got to do with Arami Eberabi? So Shiva Zatzal used to say, the confidence that a person gets, words, what, does, what did he say when he left, uh, when he met Esau, he says, in Lovan Galti v'tayag mitzvah shemalti. In other words, being by Lovan didn't affect my, my uh, Kima Mitzvahs. Even though he was an anti, he made things difficult, and was a Shvera Parnosa, everything I didn't affect me. I was still able to keep the Torah. So he figured, what can Mitzrayim be worse? What can Mitzrayim be worse? So therefore, he, he decided to go to Mitzrayim when they told me Yosef was alive and he's coming down. So they went down to Mitzrayim. On the way, when he hits Sheva, if you go over there and the settler of Ayigash, it says over there they went to Beersheva and, and he had a chaloim alayla. Who went to Beersheva? Yisroel and his family. You know, Yisroel is the... Um, the stronger name of Yaakov, in other words, more confident with everything. Yaakov is the when he's weak and so on, he's called Yaakov. When he's strong, he's called Yisrael. So we're talking about Yisrael, and it's gone out, and they make big confidence we're going to Mitzrayim. And the Benishim comes to him in a hall and tells him, Altira Yaakov, Yaakov, don't be afraid, using his weak name and telling him, don't be afraid. You're gonna die there, and I'm gonna. Then the ice is gonna put his hands on your eyes, and they'll, they'll take you out. And I'm gonna take out the nation. So the next morning, he got up. So he was afraid, Yaakov. So he came. So Yaakov went down with the Bnei Yisroel. Now the, the children didn't know about it. So as far as they were concerned, they were still the Bnei Yisroel. But it was Yaakov Avian. The only to take Yaakov, the weak one. They bring uh, a Gemara that says there's a uh, expression, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And they bring a raya from Bikurim that that's so. 
The rich people used to bring Bikurim in silver and gold plates. Then after they, they presented it to the Kayan, they took their plate back. When the poor man came, he didn't have silver and gold plates. He had straw plates. And he did so he left the straw plate. So it cost him the straw plates more than it cost the, the rich person. And uh, a lot of cheshbenes of things, simply in quality, with that has to make a difference. I remember when we were yeshivin, and at that time the suits were costing like $50 a suit, but there was the rich guy's suit was $100. The $100 suit lasted more than two $50 suits and always looked nicer. And so basically he's paying the same, we both paid the same $100 over the year. But the poor guy didn't have $100 at one time, so he had to buy two fifties. And because he bought two fifties, it cost him more and didn't look as good as a guy who had the 100 when he needed the 100. So there is a concept all over. Now, Vido Maiso is the next thing the parachute comes in. And you're supposed to say in the third year, you're supposed to bring every empty out and make sure that it's given away, the, the trumas and the maisos that you collected. Okay, so you're, most, and you're supposed to say a statement over there. Whatever it is there. I listened to what God said. I did everything that you commanded me. So, Shiva asked, I mean, you know, we're used to the word vidui, is you go bang, 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 you know, not a point of bragging that I did all the mitzvahs and I accomplished everything. He said, the ability to say that is very hard. In other words, can you truly say that forces you to make a vidui, to make an examination of yourself, because I have to say that. Can you say that? And if you can't say it, don't say it. So that's why it's a vidui. It's a vidu meeting me that I have to, to look over my maizim. That's what the purpose of vidu is. We started, I think, last time. I don't remember if we finished it. We did, talked about Mikol Mitzvahisov and Mitzvahisov. We started in Nekev, there's something. No? Okay. Guys don't remember, then we can go over it again. Okay. In, it's, uh, in, in, in Shlishi, it says a thing like this. You chose God today, to be your God. To go in his ways. And to listen to his mitzvahs and his chukim and his mishpotim. And Shmai Bekele. That means to listen to the Ravim. Vashem Hemircha Hayem, and God chose you, the Yisloyam Zgula Kashadibel, Loch, like he told you, the Lishmar Kol Mitzvahisov, and to learn all of his mitzvahs. O Sitcha El Yena Kolagoy Meshos of the Silas Hemus Felix. And I'll put you on top of the world. Now, it seems to be not the same thing. 
we somehow said that we're willing to do the mitzvahs. And the Rabbeinu Shalom demands from us to do all his mitzvahs. And in that way, he will put us on top of the nations. Okay, what does that mean? First of all, what do we have to be on top of the nations than anything? Rabbeinu Shalom uses us as, like they say, the chosen people, and even some going believe that still, that somehow the world has to learn from us. We're supposed to be the way the Rabbeinu Shalom wanted the world to be, the Torah. And they should learn and see how beautiful the ways of the Torah are, and they'll follow us. That's our purpose in, in the world. If we do all the mitzvahs, and we'll talk about it, then it's not, then a person doesn't die. It comes out, it's, it's perfect. It, it's uh, the terrorists, everybody wants to imitate, everybody wants to find out what is it that the terror gives us. But on the other hand, if the terror does not protect us completely, you know, we don't do all the mitzvahs the way the Benishim wanted it, I'll explain what that means in a minute. Uh, then he will never make us the Sitra Elyon. I won't put you on top of the nations. We'll see, I'll show you the Baruchas soon, the difference between the Sitra Elyon, I mean between the Komet's voice of and its voice of. Um, to understand it, there's a Gemara, there's a Gemara in Makis, at the end of Makis, above Menavot, that says over there that David HaMelech saw that in his generation, and they're talking about his generation, the people found it difficult to learn 613 mitzvahs. So he made 11 uh, klolim, uh, I'm going to call klolim, general rules. Came along Yeshaya, he made six of them into six rules. Came along, I think, Schalye made into three rules, came along uh, again, Yeshaye uh, uh, made into two rules, and then came Chabakuk made into one. Tzadik b'monosi tichya. What has that got to do with doing with the mitzvahs? I don't know the mitzvahs, Tzadik b'monosi tichya. But it means if you concentrate with the purpose of Tzadik b'monosi, you'll come to be able to do all the mitzvahs. Obviously, you'll have to learn what they are, but you but they were able to do them through that concept alone. What's the difference between one or the other? I mean, if you can do it, let's say with one or with eleven even, why would I do, try to study six hundred and thirteen? If I come out the same the same amount. So the idea is it's not the same. I'll give you the Muslim in a minute, but uh, the Gemara has has two Misholim for what it means to follow God's ways. One is Mahurachum Mafatzurachum. In other words, he, he has pity, you have to have pity. Um, and there's another one that says, the Rabbeinu Shalim did four mitzvahs by himself. He was Mahur Bisharumim. That was told to Mauritian, Adam Chava. He was Mavakir Chaylet, Avram Avinu, when he was by the Brismila. He was Menachem Oval to Yitzchak after Avram died. 
and he buried Moshe Rabbeinu. These are four mitzvahs he did personally, and by doing personally, uh, with greater chiyuvimanos to do these mitzvahs and be very exact in them, and to uh, to uh, to do the biggest chesed of these four mitzvahs. Now, if taking the first general rule, which is Mahulachum Fatarachum, the idea is if a person has pity, wouldn't he do all the four mitzvahs that we just discovered? Of course, right? So then isn't it better to just leave it in the general rule instead of taking proti and saying this mitzvah, this mitzvah, that means I don't have to do the others or whatever, whatever logic a person is going to start to use. But if you tell me I have to be a person with pity and sensitivity and so on, automatically I know what I have to do. So on this, I will always bring in the Maisev of Venochevich Gamzu. Venochevich Gamzu was coming back from his, uh, from his Rebbe, from his Shver, I mean, and he had a bunch of donkeys full of food. And a man came over and asked him for food. And he went to get it, and by the time he came back, the man was dead. And for that, he took some cabal on himself that he should lose his arms, his feet, his legs, whatever they are. He would become blind and be full of boils. All because this man died. Now, why did this man die? I mean, what is his fault if the man died? He ran, I'm sure, as fast as he possibly could to go get the food, right? So why is he carved this punishment? I assume that he felt in himself, or maybe he was that big, that he could have done all the 613 mitzvahs. But instead, he did the 11 general rules, or the one general rule. And therefore, he was said, there was ma'urachem uh, so when he, if you saw, saw the poor man, I mean, I don't know if he was poor, but he saw the man who was hungry and asked him for food. He ran as fast as he could to get the food. That is a reaction to the situation. The Rabbeinu Shalom wants a proaction. He wants you to have it that there was always food by you, that you never have to run for it. That was, if he would have learned the way the mitzvahs, where it should have been learned, then he would have known that he must always carry some food right by him. He has in order in case maybe somebody will ask him for food. And that's the call of the proaction and, and a reaction. And that's what the Rebbeinu wants from us. He wants a proaction reality, and then he would make his alien. But if he makes it, if he only goes with reaction, that means things will happen, people will die, people will be, will be hungry, people will be unclosed because till we get to them we don't realize that they need it so then that's what's going to happen but as soon as but if the shot is if we did it the right way there never would have been a case where someone would be hungry or someone would be unclothed or someone and therefore that, that we didn't do that so that's that's the didn't be curl and and not curl okay now where do we see a difference to this do you like uh, just before 
Just right here, the, the, the last part before Shishi. After the Clovis, the uh, general rule of Clovis, it says over there, if you listen, Shishma Rekul Hashem Rekechel, Lishma Rekul as Kol Mitzvah, all his mitzvahs, then what's going to be, you'll be Elion Akugayovitz, which is what it said over here. And we've got all the brachas, and it goes till shishi. Those six, those six psukim are the brachas for doing curl. And they're very general rules. You have everything that you ever will need. No nothing, but not, no no problems in life. What are you about? Then it continues. I'll give you brachas. We'll talk about Hashem soon. Uh, because you watch the mitzvah, it didn't say call here. And therefore, what will be? The Lubanishal will make you that the uh, You'll be a head, not a tail. But there's going to be other heads. You'll be on top and not on the bottom. Now, if you I don't need this because I am. So why do you bring in it repetitive? It's not being repetitive. The first one is talking you'll be on everybody, on top of everything, because you're doing the right way. But if you don't do it the right way completely, you will not, you, you will you will be you will not be be, be under the goyim, but you won't be on top of them either. You'll be equal to them. I don't know if accountants will like it, but basically the bracha as I see it is I can't know exactly what I have. If I know exactly what I have, I can't have more, because then it's a mess. If I know I got $1,000 in my account, I can't have 1020 because that's an S. Where did the 20 come from? On the other hand, if I don't know exactly how much I have, but I have an idea of what I have, I know it can cover my rent, can cover my food, can cover the things that I need, but I don't know exactly how much it is, then I can spend get another 20, another 50, maybe even 100. For Curly Gaman, they used to say this is the, the way to shop is to take a bunch of money, not knowing again how much he has, but he knows what he needs to buy. He needs a challah. He needs to take out food place. He needs groceries. Now he's going out Shabbos to, to shopping. And he's going with this pack of money he has. And he keeps giving, giving it out. As long as he has money in his pocket, he can keep buying. He should be zeichet to the brach of asamecha that it won't run out before you get everything that you need. But if I know I have exactly this much money, and I know this costs X amount of dollars, and this costs X amount, and X amount, and then there's the sales tax on top of that, I'm not going to be able to afford it. So I'm going to come short on an item or two items stuff like that, 
then the Benjamin can't save you by giving you Masamecha because you, you're, by having that exact amount, you cause them not to be able to do an S to you. So the purpose of an S is where you don't realize it's an S. Benjamin doesn't do Nisim in this day and age, he does do Masamecha. And if you want to understand, I think, Basamecha, in our way, maybe a little bit more understandable than uh, I think than, than just talking about this going with the extra money and so on. Well, Hashem, we don't make money when we for people who work with Goyim in the work in the civil service jobs, the medical field. Doesn't make they make a certain amount of money. And the, whether you're Jewish or Goy, you're making the same amount of money. If you last the Goyim, do they ever eat steak? They will answer you very rare. Probably never. We can't afford it. Now, they're paying steak, that's about $5 a pound. We pay $20 a pound. We pay tuition. We have to buy the, 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 what do you call clothes in different places. We have different values, different quality, different ideas, what we have to buy and spend money on. And yet, we're able to eat steak every so often. How can we do that? That's not logical. We can't afford it. And of us, if we don't actually count what we have, don't make it to the penny, you can do that. You can do other things too. That's the point of Asumecha. The Teichach is broken up into three parts. And uh, let's start you understand them. We'll get to the Oros if and then afterwards. It says like, You don't listen to, to God. To learn to do all his mitzvahs. That I taught you today. So then you'll have all the clothes. Now, does this mean to say that we have to learn kol mitzvah, like before David HaMelech? And therefore, as soon as, soon as David HaMelech made his general rule of 11, at that time we already started with the first teichacha. That doesn't seem uh, right. I don't think that, you know, if, if his evaluation was that the people are not able to because the te- we're too weak or too what, and the terror is given to us as the humans, and this is the best we can do, then obviously I assume that we uh, will be potter and have the same bracha that we're supposed to have. Why would we have klola? So I think here the word kol, it's facing maybe a little bit different. If you didn't, if you don't learn in a way that you know all his mitzvahs, what they are, then they don't come to close. In other words, you're not going to do the mitzvahs because you never learned them. You never even heard about them. Why? Because you never, you don't have a broad picture of what the Torah is all about. You're very narrow and very mitzumtzum in a place. And because of that, you're going to get the clothes. You can't do the mitzvahs. You don't even know about 
if a guy doesn't learn Shabbos, right? He doesn't know the Melechus of Shabbos. Uh, he may even know the words of the Melechus of Shabbos are, but he doesn't know in reality what it is. He couldn't... Uh, I'll give you a, a, a marshal just because I, I discovered it. That's why I'm trying to tell it to you. And it says if you, if you have a sponge and you hold on to it, that's chita. You watch the dishes, whatever you wash with it, you're, uh, you're, able, you're, you're making srita. Of course, I'm squeezing out the water from the thing. On the other hand, if I have a handle on the sponge, then I don't make srita. What do you mean you don't make? Push it against the plate and you see you're making srita. say, well, you make the other way. What do you mean you don't make? So why is that muta? So this is what I discovered. If you do that, hold the plate flat and the flat, and then lift off the sponge while you're holding it with the, with the handle, all the water will go back into the sponge. So therefore, even if I hold it this way, as far as what I'm doing, it's not really making it stay out. It's like I could, if I would hold it this way, it would go back in, so that's not do While a sponge, that by the fact that I'm squeezing the sponge where my fingers are, they don't go back anymore because that I'm keeping that water out. So that never goes back. That's why it's heated by a sponge, by hand. But if you do it with a keli, therefore it's no sweet. Try it and see it works. Um, but anyway, that's the, that's the point. So if you're not doing the mitzvahs, you get the first level, which in a way, it's just normal life, what we call normal life. You'll have sicknesses, uh, people get hurt, people will die, whatever you think. Uh, it's, we don't, you, you, you're not always going to be successful here in business, you're going to have bad years. The, uh, the farming industry will be down certain years. Uh, yeah, you've got different sicknesses that come in, which is what we get. Uh, then we're going to have the tragedies of life. You built a house, you don't get it, and so on. Of course, something happened. You went broke before, and they foreclosed on you. Whatever, whatever. But this is what we call normal living. Right? But the Javila is really not normal because it's, we, we did an Aveira to get it. The Aveira is that we don't know what we're doing. So therefore, the Obanishim brings us call in order to make us sit down and learn and understand every mitzvah. So it says, so, that's the second Madraiga now. You'll have a second one that you, because you didn't serve a Kodesh Baruch with, with joy. Now, whatever you do, even though you don't do all the mitzvahs, but at least whatever I do is always done with joy. I appreciate it, I love it. And then, what will happen if you don't do that, that already is the tragedies of uh, Golos and things like that already. Hunger and uh, starvation and, and, and terrible, uh, terrible things. The third one, is in Lysish Molasses called Before we were talking about serving Hashem with joy, 
Now we're talking about to simply to fear HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We don't fear him. We don't believe in him in a sense. That's the case. Then comes the ones, the, all the brachas, all the clothes that are not written even in the book, not even here. And that's the clothes that you have, unfortunately, with Hitler, Yimachshman, we went through. Stalin, other types of stories where it's unbelievable what we've had to go through. And that goal is a tremendous goal. It's not only we're not we're not laying, not only they're butchering us, but it, it's systematic destruction wherever we go. There's a certain sin and a certain hatred, whatever it is for Christ. So. Just uh, want to add one thing about the, uh, you know, after the Mysore with uh, the Holocaust, so people made it to Eretz Yisrael, had people that lived there before under the British mandate, and somehow they were not afraid. They attacked the British. They attacked the what he called. They, they, even though the British had the guns, the British had the whatever it is there. They had the concentration camps. They had the police system. Didn't stop anybody from revolting against them. Impossible. And yet, the hidden and the, uh, the concentration camps went like sheep to the death, even when they knew they were going to be killed. Instead of you know, just charging into the uh, into the guns, into the, the few Nazis that were there, and attacking them. Some Tucker will get killed. There's no question about it. But the the mere rush of the people would have killed all the Nazis. It wouldn't. The things, the tragedy, wouldn't have happened. And the Israelis couldn't, can't, couldn't understand this. Like, how could they go? So the reason is, it says both in both teichiches, this the teichiche here, and in the teichiche in Chukaisai, that the fear of goyim is only in chutzlaretz, only in Golos. in El Yisrael there is no fear, not goyim anyway. Now there may be a logical fear; I should be afraid. In other words, uh, look at all those Arabs over there, and I'm only alone. But somehow the emotion is not there. Just thinking about it. with Seichel, I should be afraid, so I don't go there. But some shot and my heart's beating twice the, the speed. And whatever it is, how am I going to get out of here? I'm afraid what will be if they catch me and they'll kill me and everything else. Those things don't even go through your mind. And therefore they were able to, to fight it, you know, great odds, much greater odds than they had. Uh, they told the story, I think, in the uh, Six Day War when they took the Golan. So they had about a hundred tanks there, and the uh, the Syria and whoever, but Iraq was backing them. They came with over a thousand tanks to attack. The hundred tanks didn't run; they defended, and of course the Rebbeinu showed Nisim. They didn't miss. And the Arabs missed, right? So the point that they can't continuously keep missing is a mess, and they keep eating. But it was no fear. 
Normally there should be fear. I mean, what doesn't take my well, that is an accident. The, 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 the bullets hit you and you're dead. So why is there no fear? Because there's no fear in El Yisrael. I mean, there's only a fear is only in Gaulus, in the Chutzlots. As you say, uh, I'm talking about the, uh, the clothes now. Started. I don't know if there's any significance in the people that he put on the different mountains by the Baruch and the Klola. By Shimon, it's here brought down because Shimon he didn't give a Baruch in the in when he when when he, when he saved his lifetime. They uh, were Avar on the. Uh, what he called uh, with Balpoel, everything there, the revolution of Zimri. So, Moshe Rabbein was angry at them. So, but he, therefore he put them on the side of the Bracha. But if you look at the names there, there, it's interesting. So Shimon, Levi, because they're the holy people. Even though Levi's in the middle too, so I don't know exactly how they did that. But anyway, Yehuda is Malchus, Yisachar is Torah, and Yosef Minyamin. I don't really know why, but they're there also. And who's on the Klolah side? Ruvin. Uh, could be because of what he did. He didn't rise to the position that he could have become. God, Asher's rule done the Naftali. All the children of the uh, of the of the shifchis and Zvulun, whose business is money, as opposed to Teirah, So I don't know if there's an actual significance in that it was done that way, but uh, it seems to be that being on the Baruch's side is 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 a higher something in, in your life. Or something uh, so you'll say well God is the standing army is the money is the uh, is the uh, last machne which is massive called is they're returning everything to everybody and whatever it is and they serve a, a, a big uh, a big part of Kali Yisrael I don't know really to say this for Emes, but I would assume that they were the blue-collar workers of Klaisa. Like, we don't know too much of what people did, but we know Yehuda was Malchus. What does Malchus mean? It means they were administrators. There's obviously the chief administrator was called the king, but then there's the little administrators all the way down to the, to the inspectors. They're all administrators, so they all come from Yehuda. Now, is there enough in Yehuda for them? So I guess that's why Yosef comes along and, and he's also has administrators. And therefore, Malchus, basically, uh, Malchus Yisrael was generally, except for one, the, except for the, um, the ones who killed Basha, I forgot what it is there, that they came from Yisrochel. Everybody else was either from Ephraim or Menashe. So that was the, the, the Malchus Yisrael. And they also were administrators, so it means that you need a lot of administrators. I don't know why, but I'm saying if you need an inspector, every this, every cop, 
It's called, uh, what do you call it, Bailus, uh, whatever it is, there's some kind of Svoga, then, then you need it, and then there must be, you must need a lot of them. And they cover up all things, even the bottom workers, which was the Shivcha, uh, the Shvachas, they, they uh, were, what do you call it, the plumbers, the electricians, the builders. I mean, I have no idea what else they did, but Lechari, that's what they did. And this is the these are the clothes that are given. I believe the clothes are in other words, what bothered me is why did the Rabbanish pick out and his eleven only clothes again, he didn't give one Kinega Shimon. For specific mitzvahs, Lachaira. Why are these mitzvahs worse than other mitzvahs? So it says Oh that the guy made an idol. But I think the problem that the son Basessa, he made it in the secret. He hid it in the place. And therefore, people can't even eradicate it. In other words, in the time of Yeshio, the reason that the Chubin came and Yeshio couldn't save it, even though he did so much shuvah, was because they were doing Avidizora behind the door. In other words, when you opened the door, you couldn't see it. Now, everyone could peek behind the door and see if you got anything over there either. But because of the shade or something that they had that seeming in the wall, it would it would disappear as if it's not, if it's not there. And it's, it was plain. When you opened the thing, you could see the whole picture, whatever they had over there. But if not, they, you couldn't see it. So I guess it would be a lighting, a trick of lighting in a certain thing. So the idea was you couldn't even protect yourself against it. In other words, Kali Yisrael suffered for it terribly, and they tried to get rid of it, but they didn't know where to go and what to do about it. They didn't know where it was. So that itself is is, is a clover for a guy that does that because he doesn't only do an Averche. He doesn't let us protect our own selves, and therefore that's a, he's a danger to us himself. Then someone who curses his parents, or not really curses, he's misalzal in them, he treats them like they're nobodies, you know. Hey, Dad, you want to bring that over there? You want to go down, I need some, I need, I need, I need some stuff in the basement, you want to get it for me? And stuff like that. You know, misalzal equate them. So that's a point of showing that you're equal to your parents. In other words, there's no respect. There's no concept of of the older generation. Uh, one of the things I discovered myself that uh, when I lost the Rosh Hashivas, I tell my father, uh, but even more, more so maybe with my mother, which is years later, that all of a sudden I'm the older generation. Otherwise, I can't piss the buck anymore. Stop seeing. And that's where the person has the achais. And if you don't have that achais, you take it when you're, when you're a kid, like I'm not even interested in knowing anything about anything. That, that's a problem. And the, 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 uh, the Japanese, I think, had a law before the war, before the Second World War, that no prime minister can be over, under 60, over 60. I mean, under 60, I'm sorry. No prime minister will be under 60, at least 60 years old. Why? Because that way he has a certain amount of wisdom from the street, 
from, from what world I think colleges are even giving life credits, in other words, if you can prove from it. I mean, I didn't. That's really the difference between a zokin and a, uh, and, and a seva. The zokin is Misha Kona Chochma. I have to stand up for Seva. For Seva, I have to stand up for an old man over 70. The reason is that he has a lot of knowledge that came just from being alive for 70 years. And in, the, in a way, Rava used to stand up even for a goy that was 70 years old, and he would say that many things passed over this person in his lifetime. And he see many things, he has tremendous wisdom from the uh, things, he knows facts that we don't know. In other words, we live in the city, we, we, uh, we, we never contemplate the skies, the seasons, or anything else. If I ask you if you ever even know what's called a January thaw, most people don't know what it is. What happens during the year, and this is only something that farmers notice because they're always there, that somewhere in January you're going to get at least this one day, one sixty-degree day. Now, a sixty-degree day in, in January, you take your jacket off, you take your shirt off. It's it's hot here today. Now, this is what we like. That 60-degree day. Same 60-degree day in the summer, you'll be putting on a jacket and on a sweater and everything else. But in the, in the winter, in May, like, wow, it's what a beautiful day. Why does it have a thaw? Thaw is because there's, there's snow on the mountains and so on. If all the mountains, that would melt at one time, then this would, they would overflow all the rivers. So in order for the banish to made, in order that they shouldn't overflow the rivers, there's a thaw in the middle of January. Before it goes in there. Now, how do I know about it? I read about it. I never noticed it. And I keep watching for it every year. As I used to watch it on the 16th, but it comes out sometimes different days. So it's not uh, you know, the 20th, I don't remember which it was at that time, but there's, uh, it comes on different days now. Climate change, you know. <laughs> okay. Someone steals his friend's uh, field. Now, it's not, it's not such a laughing matter. Uh, well, let's say we live two neighbors, one next to the other. And uh, there's, we, we, there's, a, there's a border. And to have a din in Babasu where you build your, where you build your fence on your property, away from property, but partners, not partners. In there, but I built, I built it on your property, my fence. So what I meant, what I did was, I took away property from you, and added it to me. And sometimes, maybe I didn't only just put it on your property; I put it like ten inches into your property. So now I got a 10-inch border that I can use for whatever I want to use it for. Now, if you don't make a complaint, I think within seven years or something, it becomes yours. Squatter's rights or whatever they call it, the same thing bribes if a guy moves into your apartment. And you don't throw him out. After a certain amount of time, the apartment becomes his. This is the law now to yourself also, so you guys who own apartments, have to make sure that the guy keeps paying rent. Because if he say if he don't pay rent and he's still there, then he's coin it. Because they go under the old Turkish laws, not under the Taylor laws. 
So there's this thing, these things. So there's a, a, an Indian of doing it, but that's very sneaky. Um, but I'll tell you a story that actually happened. But so what do we, how does it affect us in our day and age of uh, as rule is we can't open up the same business that somebody else has. Right? Now, now, a lot of times you go to a rabbi, and that's the case with the Rosh Yeshivas I tell, I'm not going to name the name of the companies, but the private opened up a take-home place, Mamish, right next to the other guy. And the Rosh Yeshiva guaranteed him, you won't lose, there'll be enough money for both of you. And Kachab, it was the most profitable year. Right? That's the, that's the Rosh Yeshiva was able to do that. Uh, I, I had a case with a Talmud that he had a swarm store. He was a safer, but swarm was a, a safra store, more, more like you know, sifatayra, mezuzas, things of that sort. And a guy opened up a half a block away. She went over to him and he said, "What did you do?" So the guy starts yelling at him, "Don't you believe in God?" Yeah. He says, "Don't you know that?" That means a nice So the amount of money that you're going to make is already decided, right? So I'm saving you half the work. Since uh, it's decided already, you're going to make that money, and I took away half your business, so half the business is going to produce the work. So it's half your work, I say. I came to ask me how such a statement is. I said, could be, but, uh, but what we'll have to do, you still have to do shtadlis. So what's going to happen to your safer store, you're going to become a svarim store. And if it was a svarim store, you're going to become a Judaica store. And all of these things, and if you're not going to be a Judaica store, if you go on Woodridge, they'll sell other things also besides Judaica. Things you picked up, cheap, whatever it is, and you can sell it in competition to whoever's there. So you're not the store you wanted to be. That's what I think is the opposite. In other words, you're forcing me to become something I don't want to be. And that you have no right to do. That's the meaning of servicing both. The others, uh, I know, there's also on every one of them something. I don't know all of them exactly. don't remember all of them. But uh, anyway, have a good Shabbos. Have a good job. I don't know what next week is a regular week. Yeah. Come here, Tashem, next week.